Welcome to She Builds Empires. I'm your host, Bridget Eileen Sisko. This is the show where I get to interview the coolest, most badass women entrepreneurs who have built six, seven, and eight figure businesses. We highlight the woman behind the success, her journey, the ups, the downs, and we learn how the heck she built this empire. Meet my guest today, Lindsay Pinchuk. With a $500 investment, Lindsay founded her first company, which she grew to a seven-figure business reaching 3 million monthly users across multiple platforms. How inspiring. After leading her company's acquisition, she exited with the goal of helping other female founders find success. Today, she runs Lindsay Pinchuk Marketing and Consulting, where she consults, coaches, and teaches classes. You can also find her behind the mic of her own podcast called Dear Founder. My conversation with Lindsay was very enlightening in so many ways. And one of the biggest takeaways I had, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy as you listen, is this focus on building a community first over just focusing on profits. It was really illuminating to hear someone who has grown their business to a seven figure mark really talk about community at the forefront and that as part of the mission. In addition, we talked about the acquisition of the Bump Club, growing a business pre-social media, which I always find so intriguing. We also talked about how she shares openly and not being called an influencer and some things that are just really important in terms of her values, like being a family woman, having children and being able to spend time with her family. Enjoy this conversation with Lindsay. I'm sure that you're going to just love it. Make sure you connect with her on Instagram at Lindsay Pinchuk. She's on LinkedIn. She also has a Instagram for her podcast. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. Share this with a friend who you know needs to hear this message today. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to She Builds Empires. I'm so excited and just grateful that you're here today. Hi, Bridget. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So I was really just inspired when I saw what you do and your business and what you've been able to build. And this show is really all about the woman behind the success, how she's done it. You know, you're a mother. You have so many different roles, which you so beautifully listed on your website, by the way. So I'd love for you to share that woman who is behind this business. Give us a little intro. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the woman who's behind my current business. Okay. Is that okay? Not my business, not my business that I sold, which I'm sure we'll talk about that business. But the woman that is behind my current business is a mom first, always. Um, My kids are my top priority and they're the catalyst behind every decision I make, both professional and personal. Um, I drop everything for them. And um, that is like my number one, most important role is being their mom. Um, I am a wife. I mean, my husband is also obviously very important to me. He, um, you know, he really has been my number one supporter and cheerleader since I left my first corporate job to start my company and I could not have done this without him. Um, I am a daughter. I have two amazing parents who have also been incredibly supportive of me. Um, And I am a friend, which I will say that, you know, my friendships, my girlfriends are everything. And they too have been incredibly supportive of me. And I, it is so important to make time for those relationships 
Um, you know, and that's obviously me as like a, a human, a person, but like, I am a connector. I always have been. That's really why I started my, my company, which was a community the way that I did, um, since as, for as long as I can remember, I've kind of been that person that, you know, people go to and they're like, do you know someone who, you know, and so it was only natural that I built a business that connected people with other people and with resources then and now, because that's what I'm doing now. Um, you know, I would say those are kind of like the big things about me. Um, I love music. I love live music. I love going out to restaurants. I love to read. Um, I make time for myself, which I think is important. Um, I try not to be selfish. Like, you know, I mean, I try not to, I try to put others first, but at the same time, I do make time for myself. Um, I guess I, that's, that's who's behind this. You know, I mean, I am a human, I make mistakes, um, and I'm quick to own them when I do. I'm very passionate. Um, anyone who follows me on social media, um, really knows what I stand for. And I have no problem with that. I know I'm not for everyone and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's what I loved most about just looking at your website. You listed all of these like titles, you know, things that we call ourselves and we're so used to having like the one, like I am Bridget, the founder of X, but I'm also a wife. I'm also a gardener. I'm also an athlete. And why can't we be all of it? So you I can. love that. I know we really can. We really can. You can't be all of it at the same time. And that's what I, I, I like to say that often because people are like, how do you do all this? And can't do everything at once, but like you can certainly be everything. You just have to choose when. Absolutely. Absolutely. You touched on your parents just there. And I'm always curious about the support system that we have, you know, growing up. And then as we have these wild, beautiful, crazy ideas, you know, who helps us foster that? So what was it like for you as a child? And did you have these like big dreams early on? I don't know that I had like these big dreams. I mean, I think I always like, I, I'm never one to like not give it my all. I'm very type A. I always have been like, you know, I've always been very hard on myself. Like if I didn't get an A or like, and that was never my parents. My parents never put that pressure on me. That was my own pressure. My parents were always very supportive in whatever I wanted to do. Um, I mean, I danced for 10 years. I played softball for 10 years. They were at every rehearsal, every recital, every game, every practice, um, you know, my parents were always, always very supportive. And so were my grandparents. And I think that's really important to say too. I, um, I was lucky enough to, you know, for 13 years, I had all four of my grandparents for 20 years. I had three and until last year I had two and my grandparents without a doubt, um, you know, especially at my mom worked also, they were at everything too. And, um, I, I never felt like I was like on my own. And, um, if my parents couldn't be there, my grandma and grandpa were there. And, um, that really has been important in shaping me. And also like how family is so important. Um, you know, my grandma and grandpa were really family first and, you know, made sure we all got together on the holidays and, and everything. And even until like the last time I saw my grandfather, which was like the week before he died in 2020, um, he, even at that meeting, when I essentially knew I was going to say goodbye to him, he was like, how's your business? You know, I mean, like, 
my grandma, even through her dementia was always like, how's your business? And then of course, 10 minutes later, she asked me again, how's your business? Because she had dementia, but um, she always was, they were always thinking about those things. And I think it's so important to point that out because that really plays into the person that I am when I think about others. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's allowed you to be more of that like connector because you've had these tight knit relationships around you as is. And that's something when I saw, you know, what you wanted to focus on for the episode, you wanted to talk about building a community. And I wanted to, you know, hear from you why that's important and what it actually looked like in terms of growing the business, the one that you sold, and then what you have now. So I think that a lot of not just founders, female founders, entrepreneurs, but companies and corporations as well, really underestimate the power of the people who they serve. And that would be their community. And I think a lot of businesses and brands, first and foremost, consider that group an audience or their followers or whatever it might be. And they push out to people. And I see it all the time with my clients. I mean, I have nine figure clients who literally like post their product and nothing else. And that's not going to work. That doesn't work. And what, what I ended up doing was, and and it was, I don't want to say on accident, but it wasn't planned. And when I did it the first time, it really took like five years to realize like, Oh my God, like I really have like this legit business here. But when I started it, it was like, I needed support because I was pregnant and I wanted friends who were pregnant. None of my friends were pregnant at the same time as me. We all have fifth graders. I was just first. So, you know, I feel very lucky, but, um, but when I started bump club and beyond my first company, I literally showed up as an expectant mom and started sharing my experience. I'm going to date myself. There was no social media. I mean, there was Facebook paid Facebook accounts. Like it was like a year after you didn't need an EDU to get on Facebook, maybe two. And there was, but there was no business pages. There were no Instagram, none of that. Like none of that existed. So I would show up at our events. I would show up on our website, um, you know, and I would share on my personal Facebook and I just shared about being pregnant. And the connection that I was able to build with complete strangers through that was really amazing. And, you know, I started sharing, we're going to have these events and people started coming because they wanted community too. And then at the events, I would meet these people. And then I started doing events in other cities and people would be like, oh, I have followed you for so long. And it's so nice to meet you in person. And it was really like, I always put the people first. I was not thinking of like the money, the transaction. Of course, I needed money to run the business, um, you know, and we sold tickets to our events and eventually we had sponsors, but it was not like this grand planned thing. It was like the community first and then we monetized the community. And when you do that, it naturally grows and it's like, it's a very organic process. And, you know, I, I didn't realize then, I don't think like I said, until like year five, like what I had done simply by showing up and looking at this as a community and like saying, well, I need a community of support. Now I know what I, what I did and how I did it. And I've been able to use those learnings 
to now launch this second community, which is more for female founders, you know, much faster because I know what works and what did and what didn't work. And a lot of what works truthfully is talking to your community and asking them what they want. Like when you ask them what they want and they tell you, then you have less mistakes when you go to market with products. You're able to deliver things that they for sure need and they will convert on because they've told you so. So, and I think just a lot of brands don't realize the power in that. And also like it, that takes time, you know, that takes time to build up. And I think a lot of founders, entrepreneurs, and even big brands are really just so quick to like need to turn a profit and need to get the money. But I will tell you the money will come. It might take a smidge longer, but it will be so much more meaningful. And there will be so much more longevity when you have that community that you can tap into. I love this. It's, it's allowing me to actually reflect on something too. When I first started teaching yoga, I was at a place in my life where I was feeling different from those around me. I was in my early twenties. I just quit my job. I was living in the same town where I grew up in, in my parents' home and started to feel different. And I was like, okay, I need people. And I started hosting women's circles, just like you, you know, you just wanted like the people to talk to you about your pregnancy. Like, what do I do? What am I experiencing? Here's what I'm experiencing. And there's something so simple out of that. Like, why do we feel that most people kind of overlook that simple step of just like telling stories and bringing people together, especially as they're building a business? Because I think as a business owner, and especially like, especially if you're in a position where you're in an established corporation or brand, or if you have like raised money to for a business, your bottom line ends up being your number one metric of importance. And that's what you end up catering to first and foremost, where if you just flip the switch and put the shine, the spotlight and put the priority on the community, your bottom line would ref, will reflect that without a doubt. And I know that for a fact. Um, and I just think that, and, and I, I saw it, like I, I saw this firsthand when my, when my company was sold, when my company was bought and, you know, we, prior to that, it was always like the community first. Right. And like, I, I would, I did things all the time that were maybe not revenue driving, but they were so good for the community that later on those things came back tenfold. Right. And like, you have to recognize those situations and recognize that that is something that is really important to a brand. When I was bought and I was all of a sudden part of this large corporation, and then that corporation went public the focus was solely on the bottom line. Like we went into every event activation with like a PL sheet of the, of a budget, which is smart, but sometimes you need to have a little flexibility because of the community you're serving, or maybe you need to give something away for free because you know, it will do X, Y, and Z for your brand. And a lot of those elements on how I built my business were lost. And I in turn felt that because a lot of this was virtual at the time because it was during the pandemic, I, I did feel like sometimes the quality of the people coming to the event, like they were not coming for necessarily the reasons that I wanted them to come, if that makes sense. Because yeah. we, and it, I just felt we were like putting out one advertisement and one commercial after another and everything was sponsored and, and everything had a price tag to it. And that wasn't me. And that wasn't how I built my company. And that's not why it was successful. And that's not why they bought me. 
but I had to fit in this corporate mold. And that it just, it, for me, it took away a lot of what's important with the community. Yeah. I feel like that's the million dollar question. How do you hold on to, you know, values, community driven uh, initiatives, and also make a profit and still focus on numbers, but still focus on the community. It's, it's one of those things, but you can't. And that's the thing. So like, I, it's so funny. I just shared this story yesterday and then I think I shared it again this morning, but, um, I like, didn't realize, like, I'm not trying to make myself sound like dense or whatever. Cause I'm so not, I'm so not, but when I first started bump club, like the first few years I had two babies I was the face of this company. I'm trying to grow it. I, we entered a partnership with Nordstrom. We entered a partnership with target. Like it was amazing. Right. And so I had someone who was like doing my bookkeeping and my payroll, but I really wasn't paying much attention to like the bottom line. And at one point my husband said to me, like, how much did you make last year? And I was like, no, I don't even know. Like, I was just like, or he he was like, how much do you think you're going to make this year? I was like, toward the end of the year, I was like, "I I don't even know. And I looked And it was close to seven figures, like the revenue of the company. And I was like, holy shit, like we actually have something like really viable here. But I think that just goes to show that like, you don't always have to like have a plan or, you know, make sure everything fits into a nice neat box to make money. Like we were making money. I was paying myself. I had three employees at the time. Like it was, it was working for me. Um, And, you know, and I just, I, I, of course, at that point, I was like, okay, like we have something real. We need to like make this a little more structured. And we did. And, you know, and we were able to still remain profitable while we were able to still grow our community. And I will say that even as we grew, I mean, eventually we were reaching like 3 million people a month, even as we grew pre and post acquisition, the community was, was so important. And we still used the tactics and strategies of growing the community to grow the business. So even when we were bought by someone else, like we still did a lot of partnerships. We still, you know, did a lot of make of specific content to drive the community engagement. You know, there was a lot of that. It wasn't like, oh, we have this huge ad budget. So we're going to advertise. We actually never advertised. So when we did, it was like for a specific event and it was because we had a budget tied to it. So you can make it profitable and tie back to community. But then that was really a catalyst for me leaving too, to be very honest with you was when I, I realized like, this isn't mine anymore. And the emphasis is starting to be on things that are not reflective of me and my values and, and, and how I run a business. And I had at the time, I also had other brands that were asking me for consulting help and for like projects. They wanted to hire me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm real excited about these opportunities. And I, that was like an indicator to me that it was like time to move on. I find this so interesting. And one thing I'm curious about is, you know, as you went through the process of, of growing, the bump club and selling it or being, having it being acquired to then starting a new company. How did you bring what you learned and some of those foundational elements from the bump club into what you're doing now? So the minute I started my new business, which, so my company is Lindsay Pinchuk marketing and consulting. That's like my parent company. That's my, my brand, my brand is me at the moment. We might get some fancy agency name eventually, but like, it just (laughs) seemed it just seemed like I, like it was just me. So I was like, this just seems like it should be this. So 
Um, you know, which I think also just goes to show like it doesn't have to be some crazy like process like this was just what it was. And but when I I knew that it wasn't just like I wanted to, you know, brand my marketing and consulting businesses. I wanted to grow a community of female founders and I wanted to support that community in any way I could, because at the end of the day, I want to share my knowledge and to pass along my resources and to help others succeed. And that's really what I want to do right now. That could be me working with you one-on-one. It could be you following me on Instagram and taking my advice. I give so much there. It could be, you know, you taking a class of mine. Who knows? There's so many different ways, right? But what I did know is that, and I, and I, it took a lot longer the first time. I knew I needed to figure out some way to leverage partnerships because that is really a key element in terms of getting the word out about what you're doing. So of course, the first thing I did was send an email to everyone I knew, which that's like my number one thing. A lot of people don't do it. It's kind of crazy. But if you have a business and you're starting a business, you need to send an email to everyone you know. They might not be your consumer. They might not buy from you, but they're your biggest advocates and they will pass along the word and you need to ask them to. So that was the first thing I did. And from that email, I ended up getting a couple of initial clients. But then what I did was I knew I wanted to start a podcast because I was like, if I have a podcast, I can show up and be a thought leader in this realm. But I don't just want to share my story and my advice. Like I want a place to share other female founded ventures. And essentially, that's like the biggest partnership you could ever have in this space. So Twice a week, I have a founder come on and they share their story. And we talk candidly, just like you and I are doing right now. And then what happens after that? They share it. And that's exactly how I built Bump Club. At the time, there was no social media, so it was a little bit different. But at the time, it was like me hosting events in, in with a fitness studio and they shared it with their database, right? Or me working with a retailer and they shared it with their database. So now I have this whole platform of partnerships, one from the podcast, but then I have all the content from the podcast for my social media. And so then I'm sharing it on social media all the time. They share it. And then a lot of the content that I'm doing outside of the podcast is I'm elevating other female founders and I'm doing things like this. Like I'm going on your podcast and I'm going to share this podcast on my podcast. So then you benefit and I benefit. So it's, it's really, and truly like this play of partnerships and collaborations and, and how can we work together easily in a really meaningful way? And that is the number one lesson that I am bringing from bump club. You know, I don't do like sponsored posts. Like I'm not like an influencer. Like that's, that's, I have want nothing to do with that. Like I had one business company ask me to do a sponsored post and it made sense. So I did it, but like, um, really and truly, that's not how I build my, my pipeline. That's not how I drive my revenue. And all of this thought leadership, what ends up happening is I've had a lot of clients. I've gotten a lot of clients from founders who have been on my podcast, which amazing. And people who listen to the podcast or follow me on social media, take my classes. And that's amazing too. And they, some of them become one-on-one clients as well. And I coach them. So, you know, it really is this, um, this like roundabout, like it, I like to say that your content is in the middle and it is really what keeps it all together. That's, this is what I teach in my classes. And the spokes are like your email, your social media, 
your partnerships, the podcast, your any events or interviews in real life. And all of these things need to be working together and feeding into your content and your content needs to be feeding into all of these entities. And when that happens, it's like this miraculous puzzle that just like fits together and, and then like works. And it seems like, like, I, I hope it seems simplistic when I'm sharing it because it really is. And I think a lot of founders and entrepreneurs are so in the weeds of their business, they don't see how simple it is. And that's what I try to do is I try to help them. This is why we could probably talk all day because for me, the way I've always loved communicating with people is like as a human and having relationships. And yep. I interviewed my dad on like an older version of my podcast a couple of years ago. And he owns a wealth management company and has had a lot of success in that. And I said, dad, like, how, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you grow this? And he said, I cared about people and built relationships. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that is it. And it's so simple because we all just want to be like seen, heard, loved, appreciated, respected. And if we're able to, to give that to those, you know, whether it's on a podcast or um, through our work or through uh, a friendship or interview, like it's just a beautiful web. And it's really and truly the people who are so short-sighted that only see, like that see a transaction first or think about what's in this for me, or those are the people who are not going to succeed. I'm telling you right now, like they're not going to succeed. Like there were other entities like Bump Club that came along and many that tried to copy me, try, you know, and they all thought with their pockets first and, you know, and, and it's, it was not a true community. And I remember very vividly, there was um, a woman who tried to like do events in Chicago and a couple of my customers like went to see what it was all about. And they were like, there's no heart, you know? And like, you just, you can't always think like, what's in this for me? Like you have to know that if someone has brought someone into your world, that it's for a reason and just roll with it. And you don't even know, like 10 years from now, that person could come be a client of yours or could refer you to someone. You just never know. You have to be open to the possibility. Absolutely. And I think you also just highlighted something that's important as a reminder for everyone, which is like this long game. You know, I'm not in it for the, the short game, right? We're building relationships, which takes time. So if you were to look back on even before you started the bump club, were those, were there little things that you were doing like day in and day out to help you build that took a long time to actually, for you to realize it created into something bigger? Yeah. I mean, I think like I, I never realized that my, I mean, I realize now, but I think then in the moment of like when bump club was started, I didn't realize that what I did in my career every day prior to me starting Bump Club really led me to that success. And I'm not talking about the fundamentals of sales because I was selling integrated marketing programs to Fortune 500 companies for large media properties. So essentially like a lot of the strategies and tactics that I used at Hearst and at Good Housekeeping and Redbook, I eventually used at Bump Club too on a smaller scale, but it, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the interpersonal skills. And when I was working in my prior career, you know, a lot of what I did was entertaining people and taking people out and like really getting to know people. And I saw firsthand how like a relationship could lead to business and how important relationships were. And, you know, we used to joke when I was at Hearst like we had these huge expense accounts. Okay. Like 
crazy. Like, and I, you had to spend every penny. And a lot of it was like, you had to take people to lunch and to manicures and pedicures. And it was so fun. Like, don't get me wrong. It was so fun. And like all these people, like a lot of them are still my friends to this day, but you used to be like, the joke used to be like, I don't want someone to buy, like, I don't want someone to buy a page in good housekeeping because I gave them sushi for lunch, you know, but inevitably what that did and what that sushi lunch did was when the media planner would be looking at the, at the spreadsheet with the proposals, if it came down to like me and my biggest competitor, it wasn't the sushi lunch. It was the relationship that I had built with them and they didn't want to make me upset and they wanted to reward me with the business. And that just spoke to the power of the relationship. And so at the time, I don't think I realized like how important the sushi lunch was or the contact or the concert or the game or whatever it was that I was taking people to, but it was really spending time and building relationships because at the end of the day, when the decision was made of where to spend the money, it would go to the person with the best relationship. And that's, that's what would happen. So, you know, I mean, moving into bump club, like that was, you know, very important to me to always have good relationships and to always provide people a good experience because they were coming to an event and they were paying money. And I always followed up with people and, and, and I cared about these people. It wasn't like, just like for business, like it shows if it's just, if it's flippant, right? Like I truly cared about my community just as I cared about my clients at Hearst. And like I said, many of them are still my friends today. So to answer your question, yes. Like I think a lot of what I was doing was preparing me for all of this. And it just goes to show how relationships and networks play a role. And I will say that even today, I'm going to go way back to Hearst. I had someone recently who like, I'm friends with on Facebook. She's probably about 10 years older than me. She reached out to me and she said, I've seen what you're doing on Facebook. I am now running the chamber of commerce in our area. Would you like to come speak at a luncheon? And so I went and I spoke at this luncheon and I had like 50 people like follow me on Instagram after they're now in touch with me. Potentially they'll take my class. Maybe they'll hire me. Who knows? But like that just goes to show like never burn a bridge and relationships are so important. You never know when they're going to come back. And to your point, it is the long game. It is the long game. It is not what can it have? What can it do for me now? It is like I'm in it for the long haul. I'm so glad that I am a distance runner because it helps me with that (laughs) ideology. I am not. (laughs) I am not. I will tell you that much. (laughs) So to bring everything kind of back uh, full circle, as we close out the conversation, you introduce yourself as, you know, the mother, the partner, the spouse, the business owner, the spokeswoman. How do you keep those boundaries for yourself between business and, you know, you as just Lindsay? So there's a couple of things that I do. One, I think just like over time, and I'm going to speak, actually, I'm going to give you the simpler, the simpler answer first, and then I'll give you the the more complicated answer. The first thing is that I say no. And it took me a long time to, to kind of understand the power of no, and that you can't do everything. And like, that's okay. Um, You know, when I first started Bump Club, I was kind of like the shiny new entrepreneur in Chicago. And I was invited to a lot of things. And I felt like I always had to say yes. And I did. And and I felt really burnt out. And, you know, it was time away from my baby at the time. And and I didn't love that feeling. Um, And so I started getting really good about five years in about like saying no and making sure that, that, 
not that there was always something in it for me, but that if I was going to take my time to do something that it was really, it was worth it to me. So that's the first thing. Um, and that goes both personal and professional. And I think the pandemic has also shown that like, it's okay to say no. And like, I have definitely trimmed the fat a lot. And if I'm going to go to lunch or dinner with someone, it's because I really want to be there with you. Not because I feel like I have to. And, and that's really important. Um, especially now time is so valuable. And I think that we all, for the most part, learned that the other thing that I think I've learned to do really well, this is more like tactical, um, in terms of like social media, but I've really got, I've, I've gotten good about like sharing things, but not sharing too much. Like there's an art to that, right? Like you don't want to be an overshare like ever. And I told you, I do not want to be looked at as like a quote influencer. And I don't have that kind of following. That's not what I do, but I do want people to feel a connection with me. So in order for people to feel a connection with me, I have to share, but I'm really deliberate about what I share. And I think a lot of people think that like, not that I share too much, but like that they like really know me, you know, but there's a lot that I don't share as well. And so there's this art of like letting people in enough to connect with them, but not giving everything away so that you maintain some kind of privacy and some kind of something that's like special to you and your family. My kids I've always shared them on social because that was part of my business. I don't share them like as much personally, unless I ask them now they're eight and 11. My little one is always like, share that picture of me and let's like, see what happens. And it makes me crazy because I don't want them to believe that. Um, but you know, I really am choosy. And so I think that it's important when you're, when you have all these roles to, pick how you, how you want to deliver each of these roles and how you want to be seen and how you want to let people in. Um, you don't have to give it all away. You really don't. Such a good reminder. Such a good reminder, especially as women and those who listen to this podcast, they love their business. So it's very easy for it to get, um, and take up a lot of their time. So thank you for those reminders. Of course. Like two more final questions for you today. Go for it. Uh, the first is just tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in terms of cult, uh, coaching and consulting, how people connect, connect with you, all that. So you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Pinchuk. That's probably the best way to find me. I also have a website, lindsaypinchuk.com. And you know, whether it's like I said earlier, you can engage with me on Instagram. There's a ton of free content. I, and it's a lot of it is on my website too, in blog form, a um, lot of how to's, a lot of actionable items. I also have classes. So I've had some free challenges. And then I also have had some boot camp classes. I'm about to launch a new program. It was based on feedback from my community. Um, they wanted something more than a month. So I'm doing a three month program that is very similar to the one on one coaching program I do, but it's in a group setting. So it's less money. And you have the experience of having a cohort along with you, which is great for networking and collaboration. So that is, and I am limiting the amount of people because I really, there's, it's a combination of 12 live trainings on zoom with me and then three one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. So I really want to make sure that the people who do this are, are walking away with a tangible action plan to build a community and monetize it. That's the goal. And then, um, 
of course, like I have my consulting and coaching services one-on-one as well. You know, if you're an established brand, I can come in and I have a whole package on like refreshing your social content and making sure you are looking at your audience as a community and how to grow and build that community. And then I have a one-on-one coaching package that if you're just starting out, I can coach you to basically launch your business and have you give you a plan to walk away with what to do in the future. I love that. Those are such exciting offerings. Thank you. It's fun. And it also keeps it like fresh for me because I I like to do different things and I like to be supporting people how they need to be supported. Like, I don't want to say like, this is the only way you can work with me. And, you know, for some people, my Instagram is enough. They just want some tips and refreshers. And for some people, they really do need a coach. Absolutely. And we evolve as, as we grow. So it's fun to spice things up for sure. Okay. Last question for you today, which is just, what are you most proud of yourself for? Um, really holding true to my values and, and not worrying what people think, to be honest. Um, I mean, if you ask me my biggest accomplishment, it's my kids. Um, so like that's, I am like the most proud of my kids and, um, but I am most proud that they get to see me doing something I love and that they get to see me unapologetically be myself every single day. And that I don't pretend to be something I'm not, um, because I don't want them to ever think that they have to change themselves for anyone. And, um, you know, like I'll, I'll, I get haters sometimes on Instagram and whatever. And like, who cares? You know, I mean, I don't, I really don't. I don't care what you think. Like I'm not for everyone. And I am most proud of my ability to be okay in that space. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Lindsay, thank you so much. This has been just very eye-opening, heart-centered. Like I feel, I feel seen in reflecting on everything that you shared today. So just thank you so much. So great. Thank you, for you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. This is just the start of our conversation. I know. I feel that too. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back next week. All right. She builds empires family. What did you think? This was our first new episode of this new season of this rebrand. And I'm already just having so much fun. This is a topic I have loved to talk about, learn about for so many years. I have been the what is it called? Think and grow rich, like advocate for all of my friends. You got to read this book. You got to read this book. And I just think it's so beautiful to see this in a realistic, you know, scenario. So stay tuned for the future episodes. I'm so grateful as we dive into the rest of summer. We have so much going on with Exalted Publishing House, with this podcast, with some of the events that we want to host. And I just feel very grateful to have built a community to have built a community where each woman feels empowered to lead herself on her own journey, yet still values community support and guidance. Thank you for your support this entire time. And I hope you will join with us in sharing this episode with anyone who just needs to hear this message today.